0: Testing, testing, one, two, three. Chardcast. An audio portrait of an amazing town. Listen to the people of Chard. Talk about this special place. The one and only Chard. Like and subscribe. To never miss a fantastic episode of Chardcast! Chardcast! <laughs> oh, that was a really good episode. I really like doing that. The I mean, like joining so very in. Very nice right? i know, that it's so good. in the Chard good. museum. sorry. Hi, I'm LJ. I'm 10 years old. I'm at Redstart Primary School. And this episode is all about Stringfellow. Chard is in Somerset, a rural town. It's known for engineering. From lace mills it has grown. Today our busy high street has all we need to buy. It's 13,000 people hear the town crier cry that Chard is a special place of which we should be proud. Everyone is welcome to join our little crowd. We children who all live here are keen to learn the past and understand our heritage and what has made Chard last. To start off we were farmers and wool was sold from sheep. But times were hard and money scant, so lace mills earned our keep. We've learnt about a special man Whose life we'd like to share. But we've looked in history books and he just isn't there. Is he in a song? A great big West End show. Maybe there's a statue. Or a book that we all know. Sadly there are none of these. Forgotten he has been. We think he needs more glory. His achievements must be seen. Who is this legend we talk about? Stringfellow is his name. He built a fantastic model. The very first aeroplane. Born in 1799, from Sheffield he came. Settling down to live in Chart, everyone knew his name. A bobbin engineer who really liked his science. He had one great ambition. Gravity defiance. Working day and night, his inventions grew and grew. Until in 1848, one actually flew. His model was all steam powered. The problem here began. Because the engine was too heavy. It couldn't take a man. Then over in America, the Wright brothers came and thought up a similar idea. The first manned flight by plane. So that is why in history the Wright brothers, the brothers take, take the glory. But fly first took place in Chard. And that's our Chardtown story.
1: John Stringfellow. Does anybody know when he came the date when he came to Chard? Eighteen twenty, very very good. You've been doing your homework. Do you know where he worked, or what his job was? Did he work
0: in a lace mill?
1: He worked in the lace mill, and he worked as an engineer in the lace mill. Now, complicated question to you. What's an engineer? What does an engineer do?
0: So an engineer kind of like creates uh, things which. Um, which link to mechanics.
1: But does he do that in one step, or are there lots of steps?
0: He does it in lots of steps.
1: Were there computers in those days?
0: No.
1: So what would he done? He would have drawn it on... Paper. Paper, with a... Pencil. Pencil. So he would have an idea, he would draw it down. What's the next step after drawing it?
0: Um, gathering materials.
1: Gathering materials, and then after that he would... Build it. Build it. What does an engineer do if it doesn't work? He...
0: Tries again.
1: Tries again. You redesign it, you make adjustments. If it works, great, thumbs up. If it doesn't work, what does he do? He starts all over again. So that's what an engineer does, and that's what John Stringfellow did. And his main job was working in the lace mill. Now, I said that there's nobody had flown in an aeroplane but people had flown, they did get off the ground. Does anybody know how they got off the ground? Hot air balloons. Hot air balloons. Now, okay, you can either have a hot air balloon or you can have a balloon that has a certain gas in it that's lighter than air. Do you know what that gas is?
0: Helium.
1: It's helium, but there's another gas that's also lighter than air that they used to use. Begins with H. H2O. Not H2O. Hydrogen. Hydrogen. Now, what's dangerous about hydrogen?
0: You can, like, get a reaction and, like, kind of get poorly from it.
1: It can explode. Boom. So that's one of the dangers about using hydrogen in a balloon. To start with, he met with another person from Char called William Henson. And they put together a design for what they call was an aerial steam carriage. And that was really, really, really looking into the future. And in the end, they designed something that had the same wingspan as a jumbo jet and it had, was supposed to be powered by steam engines and it was supposed to fly to long-distance places like India and places like that. They didn't succeed. It was just too big. It was just too difficult. So, looking up at that above, what do you think it was mainly constructed from, mainly built from?
0: Like, cloth fabric.
1: It was cloth, but what was the structure? What was the skeleton built from? Wood. Wood! Hooray! So there were four things. Made of wood, covered with fabric, fastened together with nuts and bolts and had wires, and the wires were to keep the wings from falling onto the ground. They tried to fly it outside at a place called Bewley Down, which is about three miles away from here. There were three main reasons why it didn't fly. first reason was it was really too big to fly outside, so it wasn't really strong enough. You look at that, some of the wood is quite thin, isn't it? The second reason is they put the aeroplane outside to try and fly it, and it was overnight and it got wet and damp. And it was too wet and windy. So it just didn't fly. Right. Now, it had an engine. How are you with science? Are you good with science? Yes. yes.
0: All oh,
1: right. Let me test you. They didn't have petrol engines in those days. But they did have engines. What type of engine did you have before the petrol engine?
0: Steam engine.
1: Steam engine. And you've all been on a steam train, had you, which is... Now, a steam train is powered by coal, but coal's very heavy, isn't it? So, the engine that was in here was powered by a liquid that set fire to itself. It didn't fly because the engine wasn't powerful enough. So, it was a bit of a failure. But we know when you have a failure, what do you do? You try again. Try again so i need you as history detectives to tell me what did he try i'll ask you questions it's too big what do you do
0: make it smaller
1: make it smaller it's too wet and windy to fly it outside what do you do um inside inside hooray and thirdly and this is the most difficult one if the engine's not powerful to take it off from the ground What could you do to make it fly easier?
0: You make it more powerful.
1: Yeah, but say you can't make it more powerful, say you've not got the knowledge to make it more powerful.
0: You would take it down a... You would roll it down a hill so it gets more speed.
1: Almost right. What they did is they put a wire between one piece of the wall in the mill where he worked and another piece of the wall in the mill and they put the wire across there. They hung the aeroplane underneath the wire and they started the motors. The motors started the propellers. The propellers pushed it down the wire. And once it got to the middle of the wire, there was a mechanism that released it from the wire. So it glided from there. So you're right, they, f- left, they flew it from higher up, but they put it underneath a wire. All right, first flight. Hands up, who think it flew? Hands up, who thinks it didn't flew? You're right, it didn't fly came off the wire and it went up in the air very, very steeply and then it crashed. So they then redesigned it and they made a difference to the way the tail fitted and the angle of the tail and that basically gave it fly. So after about two or three attempts, they got it to glide. It didn't go very far. It only went about 20 metres and it was inside, so it didn't go very far. So that was an idea that how you would put wings on... An- contraption, have an engine in, have a tail in, and look at how it could fly. It was called the bat.
0: Dear mother and father, I had a rather bumpy arrival to my new home a few months ago, but this semi-rural town is quite scenic. I've settled in a small Somerset town called Chard. My accent is proving very difficult because no one can really understand me. The problem is that some people don't know what I'm saying because of my accent. I have found a job in a lace mill fixing bobbins. The fields in Chad are astonishing, with beautiful plants and flowers. I have been feeling a bit uncomfortable because children are working in poor conditions. On the other hand, I am astounded by these majestic green landscapes. The fields are very nice to lay on to calm me down. It also gives me a lot of ideas about what I would like to do. About my life in the future. Although the fresh air here is great, I sort of feel sick. It might be homesickness. I am now a fully trained engineer. Whilst I've been here, I have boosted my love of birds. I am enjoying life here but miss life in Sheffield. I met a new friend named William Henson and we are working on a project. Our first idea is to do a wingspan of six, seven metres and to cover our project with fabric. I really hope it works. But it's hard to get donations for my project because of the conditions all over town. Well, I've got to go back to work now. We'll meet again from John Stringfellow. Why was he featured in the Crystal Palace exhibition as he wasn't very known at the
1: time? He was known amongst people who knew about flight. So there was a very small core of people who were very knowledgeable about flying, about balloons, about engines. There was a man called George Cayley. All these people were experts in flight. But to the average person, They didn't know John Stringfellow from Chard in Somerset, but he wasn't so knowledgeable about the fact that he had flown that people said he was a really important person and we must get him along to design something for the Crystal Palace.
0: What inspired him to call his company Aerial Transit Company and when in his life did he set it up?
1: The Aerial Transit Company was set up between him and this other person called William Henson. And his idea was to have that really big aeroplane. And at that time, the only way of going, if you like, on long journeys was either by sea or was either by, um, if you like, going on the trains and things like that. So he had this idea, he had this vision that perhaps we could get in a, a flying machine and fly to these distant countries.
0: How did his imagination impact on his ideas?
1: There is a very, very interesting story about John Stringfellow. At the time he was about, Chard had a railway station. And there is a story that what happened was John Stringfellow would design a wing and he would then take the wing onto the train and he would then give the guard some money to allow him to put the wing out of the carriage to see how, whether or not the li- it lifted, because you had to get the lift. So his imagination ran to something that was far more than just scribbling on a piece of paper.
0: Did he ever give up?
1: In some ways, I think he did give up. And the reason he did give up was he felt he'd proven that you could fly. But at that time, nobody was giving him money to actually develop his ideas
0: what skills did he learn as an apprentice that might have helped him and why did he want that career in engineering
1: skills can be two things skills can be using your hand to make something but there's another skill and this is another skill that an engineer has and this is a skill to use his head and to use his logic to design things and i think john stringfellow had a special part of his mind that enabled him to think logically and think step by step by step. So one of his big skills was not only using his hands, but was using his brain.
0: Was he inspired by other inventors? We know that he met Brunel and Marconi.
1: Yes, there is a man that also inspired him more, and that was a person called Sir George Cayley. And so George Cayley came in the early 1800s and he was the person who put together lots and lots of equations that prove that if you curved a wing, it made the wing left up in the air. So George Cayley was one of the real important things. He started designing why, the theory behind why aeroplanes fly.
0: Was he paid?
1: No. The only time he actually got any money from his flight was in 1868. He earned £125 for making the most efficient steam engine, and that was at the Crystal Palace. Otherwise, he had to keep on earning his living, which is why throughout his life, he continued working at the lace mill and was an engineer.
0: So did he build the whole plane on his own?
1: No, again, I think like the engine, what, uh, what he did, he designed it and put it together. If you think of Strong Stringfellow as having a very creative mind, what he would have done, he would have got experts who used to work with wood, experts who used to work with fabric and cloth, and he would have actually made them put it together. So he would have designed it, he would have put it onto paper. He would have then employed these really gifted people and they would have made the wood, they would have made the fabric, they would have made the engine, they would have put it together. He'd just oversee how they did it.
0: How did he get the idea of a machine that can fly? We think it might have been birds.
1: I think you're right, I think he did find it. Because, remember, we were talking that prior to John Stringfellow, the only way you could get into the air was underneath a hydrogen balloon or a a hot air balloon. So he would have looked up and he would have seen birds and that would have given him the inspiration.
0: So how did you figure out all these facts when this was a very long time ago?
1: When I was your age, a long, 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 long time ago... I was very interested in aeroplanes. In those days, you used to put together models of aeroplanes, so you got used to how they put together and their wings. Then when I came to Chard, I I hadn't heard of John Stringfellow until you come to Chard, and then suddenly John Stringfellow popped up, and because I was interested in planes and aviation, I thought, there must be a big story behind this man from Chard.
0: We know he was born in Sheffield and moved to Chad at the age of 21. So what inspired him to move to, move to Chad at such a young age?
1: In the Industrial Revolution, lots of engines to make people, uh, make things work like cotton mills. It put a lot of people out of, out of business. And there was something called the Luddite Riots that happened in the north, in Sheffield, where he was. So because of that, when that happened a lot of the weavers decided they would move to other areas of England and they came to Chard. And one of the reasons they came to Chard is because it's the highest town in Somerset and it's very wet. And when when you're doing weaving, weaving is good when you've got a wet atmosphere. So that's why he came here. Um,
0: John John Stringfellow had a family. Did his family motivate him to carry on trying?
1: I think his family did. In the Victorian times, it was very, very different than what you find now. The head of the family, and John Stringfellow was the head of the family, was the person who was really in charge. And he, so I think whilst his family agreed that he was doing something well, he probably motivated himself. But there was his son, and his son was called Fred Stringfellow. And he became a dentist in Crewkern, and he also invented. Some aeroplanes in the 1880s after his father had died. So, whilst he was, uh, Fred was the only person who carried on the lineage of inventing aeroplanes, John Stringfellow was the man who really sort of started it going. So, what do we say, everybody?
0: that is why in history the Wright brothers take the glory but fly first her place in Chard, and that's our chard town story thank you for listening to episode nine of chardcast chardcast is a project managed by chard museum on behalf of culturally chard it is funded by south somerset district council and historic england Chardcasts are all available via chardmuseum.co.uk or by searching for Chard Museum's podcast on your podcasting app. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Chardcast. An audio portrait of an amazing town. Listen to the people of Chard. Talk about this special place. The one and only Chard. Like and subscribe. To never miss a fantastic episode of Chard cast! <laughs> <Joker>. <laughs> oh, that was a really good episode. I really like doing that. The I mean, like joining the good. Good. museum. That was so good. I know.